last year. She amazed her family. But now... Mom, my science project is due tomorrow. Jeremy hates me. When chaos strikes... Mom, I want to play Xbox. No, it's my turn. Her true powers will be revealed. Hey, honey, your mom said she's going to stop by later. Is that okay? What? Do you hear that? I don't hear anything. Exactly. I'm packing! Nellie, what did you do? How did she know? Gifted by God with the power to read minds. I don't have any homework. No. I mean, I did all my homework. No. Well, I did some of it. No. Fine, I haven't started yet. There's the truth. The wisdom to restore peace. He said, that's it. We're finished. So sick of this texting. What? Let me see that. Uh, wait. This says sick of this testing, not texting. Oh, right. He was taking the ACT. Thanks, Mom. The insight to see the future. I forgot to think of a science project. Yeah, I thought you might. Yes! With a verse of unlimited capacity. And her secret weapon, the look. These abilities combine to form the ultimate example of warmth, tenderness, and dignity. This morning we are going to be looking at the world's worst Mother's Day sermon. And I did title it that way, not actually to set the bar low, but because I chose a passage today that I've chosen before, talked to my wife before, and other women, a lot of them that I know personally hate this passage when it comes to Mother's Day and it comes to women. And so I chose that passage specifically this morning because of the hate that it's gotten from some people about this. But I, today I want to hopefully change your minds about this passage. Because what some women fear about this passage, at least the ones I know and have expressed it to me, they fear about this passage, that it sets the bar so high 
that how can you possibly reach that? It sets it so high that, that I cringe when, I, when I'm told this is what the woman looks like. This is what the, the, the excellent wife looks like. And if you don't know where we're going yet, take a guess. There you go. You just describe it. People know where that is, right? Proverbs 31, the excellent wife. And how can you live up to that expectation? How can you possibly expect to be this excellent wife? Who can find her, right? Well, I think there's more excellent wives out there excellent women out there than we know. So go to Proverbs 31, because that's where we're going to be this morning. And we're not going to go through it verse by verse, because I want to explain to you, hopefully, about this proverb, because I know you know it. I know we've, we've read it. Well, maybe, we should, maybe I should just read it really quick. I'm going to read it all the way through, and then we're going to talk about it, okay? My version says, from starting in verse 10 of Proverbs 31, an excellent wife, who can find? For her worth is far above jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good, not evil, all the days of her life. She looks for wool and flax and works with her hands in delight. She is like merchant ships. She brings, food, she brings her food from afar and rises also while it is still night, gives food to her whole household and portions to her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. From her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She senses that her gain is good. Her lamp does not go out at night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff, and her hands grasp the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor, and she stretches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow, for her household, for her household, for her whole household are all clothed with scarlet. She makes coverings for herself, her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, supplies belts to the tradesmen. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. She opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and bless her, her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the product of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. I want you to fall in love with this passage all over again. Even if you are a woman who is sitting there this morning or a wife or whatever you are that's sitting there this morning thinking, this is a standard that I can't achieve. And I feel like you beat me up when you bring this up. Even if you're not trying to beat me up, I just can't achieve this kind of stand. I can't be this woman. Let's look at this passage a little more closely because I think it does fit into the overall theme of Proverbs. When you think about Proverbs, what do you think about? What, what's some words? To, give me a word that you think about when you hear Proverbs. Wisdom. 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 That's exactly the one I was looking for. Man, you guys are good. Wisdom. <laughs> Wisdom. Now, this, this proverb fits in well with wisdom, doesn't it? What do you think, when you go back to Proverbs chapter 1, there is a woman in Proverbs chapter 1. There's a woman in Proverbs chapter 2. There's a woman in Proverbs chapter 3. There's women throughout Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1 talks about this wisdom. She's crying out. She. Then you get down here to Proverbs 31, and you've got this woman 
who personifies the very essence of wisdom. This is what King Lemuel's mother told him there in the beginning of chapter 31. King Lemuel, the oracle which his mother taught him, look for a wife who embodies this wisdom. Look for a wife who is the personification of this wisdom. What it paints here is not the ideal woman or the ideal wife, not that this woman has to take every check on this box and these are all checklists and you have to check this one and check that one and check that one. This one is a personification of wisdom. This paints wisdom, what it looks like in real time and in real life. This is what it looks like. This is what she's telling him. This is what he's telling us. This is what wisdom looks like. And what it reveals here is the preciousness of wisdom, really. This is the idea I get, or at least, at least I, I think, this, this idea of I can't do it, you know? The mother collapsed in, her, in the kitchen. She's doing everything she can to keep up. But she just can't keep up. The diapers pile up or the, or the problems pile up or the fights are piling up. Whatever is piling up in your life. I know you've probably got enough uh, history to have your own illustrations plug in there. Even in my life, those things start piling up. But this, this is what wisdom looks like in real life, in real time. And this is about useful wisdom, not necessarily so much about a useful woman, I think. No useful wisdom, not just useful women. Too many times I think we look at this Proverb 31 as, well, this is the woman's checklist. Here you go. This is what the wisdom, the useful woman, this is what the woman I want to marry looks like. So let's see how you stack up against that. But it's possible to look at this part of Proverbs here on Mother's Day, on any day, and for even ladies who have cringed before when we've looked at it, to look at this passage and say, I'm okay with that. In fact, I like that. I love this passage. I want to change your mind this morning because we're not going to focus on the woman herself, not on motherhood, not on domesticity, none of that stuff. That's not what we're going to focus on. What we're going to focus on is the wisdom and the character that is in this passage. And this character that's in this passage transcends gender. This is not just for women only. When you look at Proverbs 1, 2, and 3, this wisdom that cries out in the streets... Am I not supposed to go after that wisdom? That wisdom is a woman, but I'm still going after it. This is more about character than it is about gender. This is more about what wisdom looks like rather than the gender that wisdom is. Proverbs 31, I think that the beauty of this passage is, is many, many things. One of the things that it is in Hebrew poetry, it is an acrostic poem. It uses the letters of the Hebrew language in each one of these verses. So the Hebrew writer is, I think, telling us not only in the way we read it in English, but when you read it in Hebrew, the Hebrew writer is saying, this is, what, this is the personification of wisdom. This is what wisdom looks like from A to Z. This is what it looks like. Using all the letters of their alphabet to say, this is what it looks like. Not to describe what the woman looks like, but what wisdom looks like in a life lived out. And again, using the woman as the example of wisdom. It is also a chiastic poem. that You can, you can break it up into the, into the chiasm, chiasm, however you pronounce that, chiasm, chiasm. And it, and it reveals the, the center of the passage here. So this is not just a 
checklist to hand a guy who's saying, I really want to marry this woman. This is a checklist. This is a, a check yourself. How are you doing in the, in the looks of wisdom here? Go over to Proverbs chapter 1. I want to read a couple of these that have to do with, with women before we get to 31. We've already talked about it just briefly, about her crying out in the streets. What are you supposed to do? 120, all the way down to 33, really, is the, is the invitation of wisdom. Wisdom is going to invite you to come and get it. Because as we live our lives, you can have wisdom or you can have folly. And, the, and Solomon here is saying, you can have one or the other. Here's wisdom. Here's what it sounds like. Wisdom shouts in the street, verse 20. She lifts her voice in the square. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the gates in the city, she utters her sayings. How long, O naive ones, will you love simplicity? And scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, and fools hate knowledge. Turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit on you. I will make my words known to you, because I called, and you refused. I stretched out my hand, and no one paid attention. You neglected all my counsel, and you did not want my reproof. I will even laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your dread comes. When your dread comes like a storm and your calamity comes on like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish comes on you, they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they shall not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would not accept my counsel. They have spurned all my reproof. So they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be satiated with their own desires. For the waywardness of the naive shall kill them and the complacency of fools. She'll destroy them. That sounds a lot like what my mom told me. That sounds like my mom talking to me. I, I, can, I, can, help you. I can help you, son. I, I can give you some good advice. If you reject my advice, what, what can I do for you? My mom sounded a lot like that wisdom there. And you go over to Proverbs chapter 8. I turned away too quickly. Proverbs chapter 8, all the way through chapter 9, verse 12. It talks again of this wisdom. At the very beginning of 8, it says, Does not wisdom call? In understanding, lift up her voice. I'm supposed to be pursuing that wisdom. I'm supposed to be pursuing this her. Now, when you get to chapter 8, all of chapter 8 is a poem. Again, another poem. Oops, I'm again behind in my thingies. I'm sorry. All of chapter 8 is this. Say that word three times fast. You see that word up there? That's a poem of praise is what it is. There are lots of other poems in the Bible called poems of praise, and that's the name for it. In cocomium, whatever you, however you say that pronunciation correctly, that's, that's the poem of praise. And that's chapter 8 in Proverbs. It's an entire poem of praise for wisdom and obtaining her. And then you get to chapter 9, verse 2, and you see as wisdom is, is given some attributes, it's built a house in verse 1. It's hewn seven pillars in the second half of that verse. It's prepared to her food in verse 2. Mixed her wine, set her table, sent out her maidens. Again, you know, the personification of wisdom here, given a female identity, but I am pursuing this wisdom. Why? Here, here are some more of the, the poems of praise. Oh, I'm sorry. This one is your Hebrew word. Poems of praise is next. Hebrew word. The reason we call her her is because of Hebrew. The Hebrew wisdom word is female. That's why it's a her. Makes good sense when you think about the language. It's a her because the female word is, is it's a female word. Here again, 
Folly is also presented as a female in, in uh, the, the Proverbs. Folly again. If you want, you want fools or do you want folly? Seek wisdom in, in chapter 2. The successful life given by wisdom. Get wisdom in chapter 4. All of these things about wisdom. And all of these things about you can listen to wisdom or you can listen to the opposite side of the fence. Both of these presented as female. But it's not only presented to female, I think. Who else is it presented to? Everyone. Me. As a man. It's presented to me as a man. But I don't, I, I don't always, I haven't always looked at Proverbs 31. I've kind of divorced it from the rest of the chapter and, and, and looked at it as, well, that's a good passage for moms. That's a good passage for wives. And, and not really paid attention as closely as I should to, that's a good passage for me. Personally, as a man, an excellent man who could find. As a Christian, exactly. It's one of the reasons this should not only be interpreted just for women only. This is to celebrate wisdom in action, which means if I'm this wisdom in action, it celebrates me. If you're this wisdom in action, it celebrates you. It's not just male-female here. It's wisdom in action. It's wisdom in real time. Every woman doesn't have to get married. Every woman doesn't have to have children. Every woman doesn't have to make her own clothes. She doesn't have to stay up late and make the, the bread and all, do all of this other stuff that this woman does to be a good wife, be a good woman. That's probably good news to some of you who are not looking forward to making your own clothes. <laughs> or selling them. Making belts for the tradesmen. You don't have to do that. You don't have to bring your food in from afar. You can go to Walmart. You can go to Winco and get your food from there. You don't have to grow it yourself. This target audience is not just women. It is men too. So this is why this is one of the worst Mother's Day sermons, because it's not just all about mothers. But it's also, I think, one of the better, for me, but the better Mother's Day sermons, because this is not, hopefully, going to beat up ladies who feel like they haven't done enough, or they haven't been a good enough wife, or they haven't risen to this level. It's okay. Neither have I. And if you're married, neither has your husband. Neither has anybody. We all make mistakes here. We're all looking to do better in the area of wisdom. In fact, when I was looking at this, I was reading an article of one lady who was talking about this passage in particular and a Jewish friend that she had. And she asked the Jewish friend about this passage and how they treat it. And that woman said that in her culture, at least around where she is, that this, this is not as much a, a passage for women as it is for men. That the men take this more seriously. That the men actually memorize this and they recite it to their wives, to their daughters, to their, to their sisters, to their mothers. And her husband actually recites it to her every Sabbath day. Because he needs to remember that this is what wisdom looks like. This is not so much for her as it is for him. Which is another interesting take on this passage. Have you ever seen a, 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 a seminar for men on Proverbs 31? And not just pointing fingers at the wife, but actually saying, what do we get out of Proverbs 31, 10 through the rest of the chapter? What about you and me for this? And forget about the wife for now. What about you and me in terms of wisdom, in terms of an excellent person, in terms of all of these things? What about you and me? 
In fact, when you look in this passage, it is all descriptive, isn't it? And the only part that you can maybe somehow wrangle into uh, doing something and saying, do this, is when you get down to the end of that, that section and it says, her children rise up and they bless her. Her husband also, he praises her. So if you want to see something that, that this passage tells us to do, then maybe it's telling the children to rise up and praise, the husband to praise but it's simply extolling the virtues of what's already being done by the woman or by the wisdom person here. Why do we praise her? Well, that's part of this uh, 3110. Look at 3110. I, wa- I, I want to hear some other versions. Mine says an excellent wife. Somebody else with a different version, tell me what yours says. A virtuous wife. A noble wife. Sorry, there was too many at the same time. I could Capable. Perfect. Well, let's not go there. (laughs) A perfect wife. Okay. Perfect wife. Excellent. Does anybody say valiant? Valiant wife? Nobody says valiant. Okay. Fine. That's literally what that word means. In fact, the Hebrew of that word means a woman of valor. It is is more a militaristic term than it is a domestic term. This is a woman of valor. This is someone who is to be respected and almost feared in some ways. This is a woman of valor. In fact, the Hebrew is eshet chayel, and that means a woman of valor. This song, or this, this verse, has a Jewish song, and I looked it up on YouTube. It, I did, decided not to play it because the guy singing sounds like me, and it's not, not that great. So I didn't want to play it. But it, it isn't, if you go home and you look up on YouTube, look up Proverbs 31. It's just a tiny little video of this guy singing uh, this song. This is the song they sing for this woman of valor in the Jewish language. It's a, it's a nice song if you can get past the, uh, the voice. But it, this, this excellent wife, this woman of valor, this is like our, our common phrase. Well, let me, let me put it this way. My, my mother-in-law wanted to come today, but she had commitments at Lakeview and couldn't come. But she's going to watch the sermon. And I'm going to use her as an example, and I didn't tell her. So I'm not going to get in trouble today. I'm going to get in trouble tomorrow for using her as an example now. Because she's going to watch the video on Monday. So I'm sorry, Mom. I'm, I'm going to use you as an example anyway. But my, my wife was so surprised on Facebook not too long ago because her mom told somebody... You go, girl. And that doesn't sound... No, it doesn't sound like Jackie, does it? See, I didn't say that, Mom. That was Jarrett saying that. It doesn't sound like her at all. I can't hear that coming out. When Laura Land told me that, I said, that doesn't sound like Mom. She must have... Somebody else must have wrote that for her or something because that's not her. She doesn't say, you go, girl. <laughs> but she did. She finally asked her mom, did you actually write that? What was going through your head. I wrote that. Her mom is hip and cool now, and we didn't know it. (laughs) But that's kind of what this woman of valor is in 3110. It's a you-go girl in the Jewish language. You go. You you get it. You get it. That's what this is. This woman is called valiant or strong, and I looked up other places where that's used. I'm going to give you a couple of these where this is used. Is valiant or strong is in Exodus 4, 4 and 14, 4, excuse me, and 9. 
And that's talking there about Pharaoh's strength. It's the same word. It's the same type of connotation. The Pharaoh was strong. He's strong because he's a military leader. He's a commander of a country. And this valiant woman or this valiant wife, excellent wife, perfect wife, however you describe her, is that valiant person as well. There's also in um, Judges 5.21, the word for strength in 17 and 25 of this chapter here, where it says, uh, strength and dignity are her clothing in verse 25. She smiles at the future. That word for strength is also a military-like word. It's applied to Yahweh as the strong warrior of Exodus, or strong warrior of Israel in Exodus chapter 15 and in Judges 5.21. It's also here... In these verses, in the, in the poem, 11, 15, 29, and 19, these words here are also military words that describe powerful women or powerful people. That word plunder, pray, ascend, stretches out a hand. doesn't sound too militaristic, but it is in nature. Fourth thing here is she's extolled. That's another verb that's used in Hebrew poetry for heroism. Judges 5.10 there and... 1140, another indication that this is a virtuous, powerful person. And then the fifth one, she laughs like that victorious, um, victorious person in verse 25 there. Strength and honor, she smiles at the future, or she laughs at the future. That, that's that, that smile, that, that laugh of a warrior going out to battle. This is... All reminds me of this one, the girding herself with strength in verse 17. Again, another militaristic term. She girds herself with strength. She's ready to go out and do battle. And if you have children, you know you need to be ready to go out and do battle. Or if you have a husband and if you have a spouse, it, there, there is this battle. And if life is around you, life is a battle. There's battles all over the place to be fought here. That's why this virtuous woman probably looks more like this. There you go. <laughs> There you go. That's what this, this virtuous woman, this excellent wife, who can you find, is more of a Xena-type warrior princess person here than it is a woman that's, that's ready to just get married and, and serve her husband. This is a warrior here. This is what this person is. A warrior for wisdom, a warrior for God is who this person is. And what God is celebrating here is not, not you know, big battles that, that are changing the scope of nations, but he's celebrating normal, everyday things that this woman does, this, this describes this woman doing normal everyday things that she does for her family, for her husband, normal mundane, quote unquote mundane things that we do every day as victory because we're living for God. Just taking care of your children, normal mundane things because you're doing it for God is victory. That's the way he's describing this. And that's why she, this, this person here, is also like this person here. Just mundane people, no matter what you look like, no matter how you cut your hair, this person here is like Ruth. She's got no children. She's a widow. She worked at gleaning a field. That's why I had that, that section read, because before Ruth gets married, before she has children, before she does all of this stuff, Boaz in 3.11 says, All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. That's that same Eshet Sheel. You are a valiant woman. Before she does all of that other stuff, she's been widowed, but she hasn't got any children. She's not married now. She's sort of just doing what she needs to do to survive. 
And she is described as a valiant woman. She hasn't filled out a checklist on what makes a good wife. She hasn't filled out a checklist on what makes a good woman, a mother. She hasn't, she probably not, doesn't have a big place to keep clean. She's not making her own clothes. But because she's living her life for God with this incredible wisdom, with this, this incredible strength, she's described as this Eshet Shiel. You go, girl. Eshet Shiel. That'd be a good thing for, for women. When you want to say, good job. Eshet Shiel, woman of valor. This woman of valor. Because Ruth lived for God, that's why he called her that. And that's why today, even though it's Mother's Day, and I know it's Mother's Day, and, and we celebrate moms, and we should, but let's celebrate not just moms today. Let's celebrate all women. Let's celebrate all people who live with this noble character. Mom or not, wife or not. You don't have to be a wife to be an Eshet Shiel. You can be a single woman for the rest of your life. You can never have children and still be an Eshet Shiel. You can not make your own clothes and do all the things that she does here and still be this Eshet Shiel, a woman of valor because you live for God. You seek wisdom rather than folly. You're not a domestic goddess, but you are a follower of Christ. God has created women to be these valiant warriors. I don't think he's created women to be anything less. He's created man to be valiant warriors for wisdom. For him, not for themselves, not for folly. And that's what this, this passage shows me, that even in mundane things in, in my everyday life, in my wife's everyday life, she is an Eshet Shiel, a woman of valor, because she puts God in his rightful place, the first in her life. And she lives for wisdom rather than folly. I want you to pray with me for a second. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today, and thank you for moms. Thank you for what you've given us, the family and the special roles that moms do play in our lives. And Lord, as, as we all know, without them we wouldn't be here. They are an essential part of your plan. They're an essential part of how you started everything. Lord, today as we celebrate our mothers, as we thank them for being who they are and doing what they've done, as we look forward to other women who are not yet mothers or may never be mothers, Lord, let us hold them in the same, in the same esteem. Let us not make our, our determination of who is this Eshet Shiel based on the fact of you bearing children or not bearing children, being a wife or not being a wife. For anybody can be this woman to you. When we seek wisdom... Let all the ladies here be this Eshet Shiel. Let them strive for wisdom and dismiss folly. Let us look at the examples of great women, great mothers in your word. And look at their faithfulness to you and your faithfulness to them. Let us look at their, your grace to them as well. And today we ask you to bless our families, especially as we celebrate moms, bless our mothers Bless godly mothers who are teaching, teaching and passing down your godly principles as the women in the Bible so often did for their children. As we see in Timothy, as we see in Moses, as we see in others, that mothers and grandmothers 
play an essential role to the upbringing of children. The passing down of your principles, the knowledge of you and the love of you. Help the mothers, the aunts, the sisters, all of us be people who pass on your message, your peace, and your love. I ask you to bless the mothers of not just this country, but the mothers in the world. I ask you to bless the mothers of this country as well. The blessing, bless the mothers of this, this county and bless the mothers of this congregation. And bless those who are Ashetshiels without husbands, without children, who are women of valor for you, who put you first in everything, who strive for wisdom and not folly, who love to love you and it shows in their life. May the Lord bless them and keep them in his peace. I ask you to shine your face on them continually and let them know peace. And let us all be people who pursue wisdom. Let us all be people who recognize wisdom, recognizing it today in our mothers, in our wives, in our sisters. And let us praise them today as you praise them for following you. And let us all praise you together. I say, amen. amen. Today, this world's worst Mother's Day message, I hope that maybe it makes you take another look at Proverbs 31. Not just about a mom, a wife, but about a person or a woman, if you will, who pursues wisdom, who personifies wisdom. This Eshet Shiel, this woman of valor. Let us all strive to be people of valor who strive for God's wisdom rather than folly. Do that this week. And take another look at Proverbs 31 and read it again and ask yourself those questions. Am I pursuing wisdom or am I pursuing folly? Do that today and thank your mom, thank your grandma, thank your wife today as we stand and as we sing.